Hi, I'm your host, Host. I'm a journalist here at VPR. Now you're probably wondering, are they really doing this again? Why are they changing the established format of the disclaimer halfway through the season? And the answer is, money. You see, here at VPR, we like money, big money, sex money, and we like our community because of money. Without the help of our community, we wouldn't be able to reach our money hands into your money bags. And we like money bags, but we wouldn't be able to get our hands on that money, drug money, without the help of our community that helps us make stories for money. And VPR is all about stories that make money, lots of money. So please give us your money. Give me your money or else I won't have any money. And I need money, sex money, gambling money. And we spent a year and a half creating this show and having people treat me like I was delusional, which I'm not. So you kind of owe me that money. And if you don't pay up, I'm going to leave you with the worst fucking cliffhanger possible. Also, all characters, events, and companies in the show, even those based on real entities, are entirely fictional and do not represent reality at all, and there's no implied messaging, this is all purely for shock value, there's no actual truth that anything portrayed in this show to believe otherwise would not be cool or whatever, alright. Previously on... Hooters Juniors. The guards were keeping watch. On the ground and from the watchtowers, there was no easy way out of Seattle. At least not anymore. Double necky spidey crimey time. But I had to be careful. I didn't want to fall in love here. Oh, Lockheed, I'm filling you with my legs. Hey, uh, y'all need a ride? I'm Jeffrey, by the way, but y'all can just call me Mr. Dahmer. Listen. I'm not gonna out you, host. I'm part of the resistance. The resistance? It still exists? I'm from the future. I'm here to warn you about climate change. You mean climate lies? Since you're from the future, can you tell us how this podcast ends? Sure! It, it goes like... Lucky. We've got a war to fight and a death to avenge. Headed to the old viscous. You ever felt the burn? Felt the burn? The burning of Mr. Sanders. The humanity. Where has it all come from? This isn't running on gasoline. My lungs needed pollution. He's going into anaphylactic shock again. It's the Dingo Squall. This is about to be an audio-only action scene. And it's gonna be one to listen to. Wagey, it's time to wage. No, wait. Your warm hands that landed me in the state of only being a torso and nothing else. There's a sign over there saying that Viscous is 0.6 miles away. Now, what do we have here? Who would dare interrupt my monologuing? We're taking these two back into Viscous. Yeah! For our reward money. Wait. What? You're listening to Hooters Juniors, the Durgan McFlurk Stang story. Sad Picture Productions. Hi, I'm your host, Host. Episode 9, Child on Trial, in the Heart of the Bile. Okay, court document case 554206669. Case of Trujan County versus Host, hosting the number one podcast. Host... What do you have to say for yourself? Judge, 
I don't even know what I'm being tried here with. Host, you are being tried with the crimes of using political ideologies interchangeably in a podcasted format, not understanding when a simple joke you made in a van on tour that one time goes too far, even though it was too far to begin with, tax evasion, and... Are you ready for this one? Wait. Murder? What? No, that's impossible. What is the total guilty party played? Not guilty. I had spent 30 long days, I mean minutes, waiting in this jail cell. Hey, you can't record in here. You can't tell me what to do. Don't you know who I am? Look, I'm just a prison jail guard who directs or follows orders. And I know for a fact, we don't let no recording devices up here in this them jail. Yeah? Well, you know who else directed or followed orders? Don't start with me. The suffragettes. What? And I wholeheartedly support you in your cause to direct or follow orders. Wait, but... I mean, you're just trying to do the right thing, right? You just want to go home at the end of the night and feel like you've made a difference. A change in the world. I, I mean, I guess so. Yeah. You know who else feels that way? Who? My bullets. Oh my god. I'm bleeding out. G guards, take the, the, this. Uh, what did you say your name was? The name's Host. Host of the number one podcast. Oh my god. Never mind. It was all self-defense. Defense against... My ignorance. <laughs> five bullets. Five stars. Reviews, I mean. Leave them. They help the show. First time getting arrested for being caught honky in public, huh? What? Sorry, I couldn't help but overhear your bullets making their way through the flesh of a man. <laughs> I'm your cellmate, Mr. McClomedy. Coke brother McClomedy. Oh, sorry. I didn't even realize you were in the cell with me. No worries, host. <laughs> that can happen when you're as important as you are. Oh, good. Y you know who I am. I guess I'll uh, put my gun away. For now. Of course I do, host. I've left five-star written reviews on every podcasting platform possible for the story you're telling. <laughs> but specifically, on the Apple podcasting application, I know how much it helps you. <laughs> and I love you. You're like a total inspiration and so fun. In fact, that's why when I was sitting on my purple mattress after purchasing one once I realized how easy it was to do because of the advertisements embedded within the story you're telling, a story to be told, I became a monthly subscriber to your Patreon page at patreon.com slash Hooters Juniors. That's patreon.com slash H-O-O-T-E-R-S-J-R-S because I respect you. <laughs> Well, thanks. No problem, host. Can't believe what they're doing to you. It certainly doesn't follow under my law. Old Testament, that is. Yeah, totally. It's like, so unjustified. More correct about that than a splash of boiling water under a dog in heat. You know, I usually wouldn't ask this because I'm not really concerned with anything that doesn't pertain to my life or my goals or happens outside of the world that revolves around me, but... Since I'm stuck here, due to my money being taken from me, thus disallowing me from taking part in the totally justified bail system that benefits the rightfully rich and the corporations they own, maybe, just maybe, you'd have a story to tell that I could exploit for money. Just make sure your tears fall into the microphone. How about it? Host, you know I'd be honored. Great, great. Just sign these release forms. It's standard murder podcasting procedure. Uh, these are life insurance policy documents. No, you're just a dumb hick. 
Sign it. Uh, I, I don't know if... Sign it. Oh, uh, okay. Great, great. Appreciate it. So, uh, Mr. McClimity, uh, what do you do to end up in here? Oh, you know. <laughs> the usual. But in order to explain that, I'm gonna have to spend the next eight and a half hours explaining my entire backstory. Oh, God. It all started back in 2005, when I was just a little old... I shouldn't have asked. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> By the end of this tale, you're gonna wish you were just a torso in a barrel on the side of the road. Wait, how did you know about that? Host, I listen to every episode. See this here online radio device? <laughs> I'm one of your biggest fans, and I'm serious about being a monthly subscriber to your Patreon page at patreon.com slash Hooters Juniors. They can take most things from me, but they can never take my patronage or my written reviews. But anyway, it all started in 1974. Wait, I, I thought you said 2005. Host, Age is just a number. It don't actually mean nothing. Well, that's never been said by anybody who turns out to be problematic. So, alright. Anyway, it all started in 1982, back in New York City. You see, I grew up on a small plantation outside of town in an apartment complex. Back then, I was just a humble multi-million dollar real estate developer and landlord, helping my community and the advantages they needed somebody to take advantage of. Well, uh, of course, yeah. But none of it was racist! None of it, none of it had anything to do with race, okay? That's not a thing real estate developers or landowners or landlords take part in, in any kind of way. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so anyway, I was just a little developer out there until some people started getting uppity about my renting practices. Uh... So I was forced out of town, had to liquidate all my properties. Well, actually, I just demolished them out of a spot and a need to maintain my supreme ego. <laughs> Can't subvert my magnificent creations. Oh, like an Ayn Rand's The Fountainhead. <laughs> my bullets can understand that. Indeed. Boy, oh boy, did that Ayn Rand give me a justification for my psychopathic tendencies. So anyway, I moved out west to Florida and got me some non-socialist subsidization from the government in order to build low-income housing on down by the coast. But not too close to the coast. Didn't want to see them from my house. But uh, to build in order to make a difference in the world. To give those who deserved it a place to get sick and die from typhoid fever. I mean, yeah, that's how it's always been. And should be. But just as I had settled there, a disease came. Not like no typhoid, neither. It was a disease called Scienceitis. And that disease spread just like a Category 5 hurricane. Literally, I mean. Wait. What? A freak storm that couldn't have ever been predicted came and destroyed everything I'd done built. And then... Even worse than the loss of my passive income, because all my tenants died, came the loss of my ability to get non-socialist money for free from the government in Florida. And so, I was forced to move yet again, but that disease followed me. State to state I traveled, building more things using other states' non-socialist government money. But no matter where I done went to practice my god-given landlordical rights, that science-itis came in a storm, or a fire, or a drought, sometimes even a change in temperature or the rising of a tide, and destroyed everything I damn built. Even the damn dams! But, but how? That's impossible. That doesn't even make logical sense that fits my personal views and narratives that I would totally spout on national television for money. Yeah, well neither does Scienceitis, trying to back its own beliefs or evidence with funny words I can't understand. 
Those infected said, don't build a mansion down by the shoreline, but I did, cause my righteous ego, and so science sent the rising tides. They said, don't build paper thin office buildings in a tornado or storm prone area, and can you guess what? My ego said, build paper thin office buildings wherever I damn please, but specifically in the Midwest. And so the science sent the winds of Satan to blow down what I done built. Then they said, don't build a senior living center in a flood zone. Don't build in a desert and expect water to magically appear as it has always done before. And don't never, ever, ever, never dare build a neighborhood in a Colorado mountain town in which conditions are prime for forest fires and the droughts are expected to get worse in. <laughs> and what do you know? My ego and self-righteousness said to do exactly all of those things. Yet here again, Scienceitis came and sent me a flood, sent me a drought, and sent me a forest fire the likes of which no one could have ever expected, even if they said it was totally undoubtedly expected. Just like your amazing journalism hosts, no one wanted answers to the questions I didn't want asked. My god. I am a pretty amazing journalist. And now all these scientists with their science-itis are preaching that we're all gonna die unless we protect nature, eliminate most fossil fuel emissions, and support socially just climate adaptations with a focus on low-income areas that are most vulnerable. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Can't wait for them to eat crow, I tell ya. The Corvid crime family? That, that was different, but also pretty similar. <laughs> them scientists' lies spread far and wide and thick, but I always knew the truth. You know, I once was a religious man host, till I done learned the Lord do worketh in mysterious way if. At the end of my ride, that's when I doneth realized the wrath of the man in the sky, who's undoubtedly a man, <laughs> couldn't be a woman. That wrath, his wrath, was taken out on my ungrateful tenants and all of them non-praising of the Lordeth environmentalists. And that I, little old I, was just a victim who got in the way of the Lord's four-wheeler on its path to teach them all a lesson for being so poor and dumb. But also, stupid. Whoa, no way. Uh-huh. And that's why I had to kill that gas station attendant for saying my name wrong in the heat of a clear binge. Oh. Yeah, how do the climate, I, I mean, times... Yeah, the times, they do change. Wait, sorry, Mr. McClimity. I'm getting a call. Hello? Host, you're way too off script. We have a court case trial case hearing thing to get to or whatever. Your, your court case. I, I know, Mr. Producer. I, I know. I, I was just really looking for a way to get out of this episode. It's taking the body that I'm trapped in way too long to write. I get that, host, but this right here, Mr. McClimity, I mean, this has nothing to do with the story you're telling. A story that is to be told. Uh, look, just give me a couple more minutes. I'm sure this will pan out to be something. Now let me tell you about every single time I've ever been to Burning Man. Oh, God. That's it. I I'm beaming you out. Order. Order in the court now. Whoa. How'd I get here? That was, like, such a great storytelling technique to just, like, totally transport me into the courtroom and avoid continuing on with that part of the story. Host, you are on trial. Shut your hot mouth. 
All right, judge. Wait, no, that's me. Uh, all right, jury, audience, lawyers. We're here today to hear the case of Turgid County versus House, host of the number one podcast, Hooters Juniors, the Dirk and McBlurg saying sorry, please leave a five-star written review sponsored by BetterHelp. Thinking about ending it? <laughs> Think again. Uh, I- I'm not used to conducting trials in which the rich are not immediately exonerated or the poors are not immediately convicted, so I may be a little rusty today here, folks, but, but I'm going to conduct this trial like I would any other, minus the leniency or harshness I would bring to the court in relation to the defense's financials and skin color. So I'm going to say that the state may begin their opening arguments because I I believe that's how courts are supposed to work, right, bailiff? That's how this is supposed to work. Judge, I ain't ever been in no court case in which the accused done been poor, while also extremely rich and famous. I couldn't say one way or another. Damn it. Well... I guess I'll just conduct this how I see fit, which will relate very much to how I've seen it falsely portrayed in television shows that work hand-in-hand with police public information divisions and PR firms, ensuring that the justice system will be portrayed in a specific positive light that has no relation to how the justice system actually works. So, I'm sure everything will be fine. So, all that being acknowledged, prosecution, you may begin your opening arguments. Hi, Judge. Thank you. Hello, Jury. My name's Paul Man in a Fort. Paul Man in a Fort. Got it? And I'm not representative of any real-life figure, and this totally isn't a commentary on anyone who's helped dictators, oligarchs, or any specific world leader that was in the White House from 2016 to 2020. So, uh, objection. Strike that from your mind. Sustained. None of my money's blood money. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> blood comes from the stomach. W- what I mean to say is, I'm a real good person, but more importantly, I'm a good lawyer. And backdoor businessmen. And when I mean backdoor, you guys feel me, right? Yeah, that's right. Eat out of my palms, you swine. Anyway, the story we're gonna tell here today is a simple story. A story to be told of I'm not guilty of genocide crimes, and neither is any hypothetical person that I could be representative of, which, again, I'm not. But if I was, let's say, hypothetically being used as a character that would act as a satirical representation for someone that the listeners of Host Podcasts, the number one podcast, might identify in real life, our lives, I'd hypothetically also say that person is totally totally not guilty of genocide crimes, on paper. But again, me, Paul, man in a fort, is totally not representative of any real person who's had a hand in shaping democracies around the world. So yeah, today isn't about me, or about someone I may or may not represent, which I don't. Mr. Man a fort. Man in a fort. Oh, uh, Mr. Man in a fort, uh, please move along. Sorry, Judge, uh, today isn't about me. It's about host. The crimes that Host has committed. The crimes that have left the people of Turgid County and Viscous aching for more. Just like boiling water under a dog in heat, we've all come to love Host and his clear. And we ache for his clear. I I mean, crimes. We we ache for them. (laughs) Oh, that we do. But when Tide turns to Bush and our skin melts off into the mouths of our forefathers just like their uncle's sons did before their brother-daughters, folks, we have to face facts. I mean, Host killed Durgan McFlurgstang. Killed him like a coward. And I know all about cowards if my name's not Paul Man, that man in a fort. Now you might be asking yourselves, 
Why would hosts kill Durgan McFlurgstang? It's a good question. There doesn't seem to be any obvious answer. I mean, right? Host and Durgan were friends. Host loved Durgan, didn't he? But you know what Host loved more than anything, including Durgan? Being rich. That's right. Now, if you remember from Episode 3 and later Episode 4, Durgan McFlurgsang left everything to Host when he fake died. His real estate, his businesses, the ability to take the friend tax in as passive but righteous income, and much more. But what you didn't know, because you're all so poor, but also dumb, is that Durgan McFlurgsang left Host the ability to get his panda face on. I don't know what you're talking about. Host, sit down! When Durgan died, Host was rocketed into the 1%. It was all the adrenochrome a simple number one podcaster could ever ask for. Host got the sweet taste of being able to orchestrate mass school shootings, control vaccine production, and have someone pull up his bootstraps every morning. That'd be nice. Host was given the taste of doing whatever he wanted, as is your God-given right as a one-percenter. But once Host discovered that Durgan was actually alive, he figured out the real truth, that he ain't no rich no more. And the downfall that came, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is the exact reason we invaded Iraq in the first place. Host had his taste, and had it tasted away. Sure, he loved Durgan, but after experiencing the joy of watching panda-faced children get drained of their adrenochrome, how could Host afford not to kill Mr. McFlurgsting? Durgan showed Host what it meant to be a bamboo hoarder among the bamboo-less, which is of course another reference to panda-face, and while we have no proof of this, I direct you to all of the evidence missing from the courtroom. Thank you. Oh, uh, okay. Good job, Paul. Uh, host, do you have a lawyer present? I don't. I guess I'll be representing myself. Uh, are, are you sure? Uh, the court won't appoint you one, but <laughs> I'll still ask to imply that I care. Yeah, Judge. I'm representing myself. We can be clear on that. Damn you to hell, host. Judge, jury, people of Viscous and surrounding Turgid County, to quote Nelson Mandela, I stand here before you not as a prophet, but as a double prophet, pretty much a god. The prosecutors and this hack judge will speak to my life and my ego as if they have no envy, no jealousy, no sexual inclinations, but that's a lie. This is just the rebranded conservative woke mob trying to do what they do best. Suppress their urges to take a turn on the host train. All aboard. Next stop, vindication. No matter what you think of my work as a number one podcaster, only a fool would say that I laced any clear. You've all had your share. Mrs. Pelosi, you and I both spent the night hot railing behind a Popeyes before going down to the river and drowning a litter of stray dogs. Mr. Schumer, we both banged it out like we were teenagers at a fish concert in the back of someone's van last fall. And Rand Paul, neither of us can talk about 9-11 or the Bay of Pigs invasion. You all know me. We're like family. And these life insurance policies that you all signed say that you should probably listen up. Or else. But I'm not just here to speak to the politicians or the people in power who are my only real chance of getting out of these charges because that's how the American justice system works. I'm here to talk to the common folk, 
who are completely powerless. Thank you. All right. Well, well, we'll begin with the testifies, uh, test, testing, uh, t testimonials. Judge, the prosecution would like to call assistant reporter to take the stand. I volunteer as tribute. That's not how this works. Oh. Assistant reporter. Host. Thank God you're here and out of that prison. Uh, I mean... I traveled here freely. I I was on vacation, but... All right, uh, please take a seat on the stand. Oh, okay. Raise your right hand and drive a stake through the child. <laughs> All right, we may begin. So, assistant reporter, if that is your real name. It is. <laughs> I was born with this name. It just so happens... Objection! Relevance! Sustained! Assistant reporter, only answer the questions that you are asked. But I thought... Now, I don't mean to grill you here today, Mr. Assistant Reporter. But I do need something cleared up. Okay. Objection! Leading the witness! Sustained! Do not make me hold you in contempt, Mr. Assistant Reporter, if that is your real name. Objection, Judge. Foundation? Overruled! Objection! Compound question! Strike to murder a juror! Sustained! Mr. Man in a Fort, select your juror! That one! Host, I'm scared. Guards, assistant reporter, you are hereby being held in contempt and will be remanded to the custody of the Turgid County Sheriff's Office. You will be placed into solitary confinement for the next 18 years, subjected to legal slave labor under the 13th Amendment, unless that is, of course, oh, somehow wins this case. <laughs> so there's a lot on the line here. Pressure's building up, folks. But for now... Goodbye forever. Wait, what? Assistant reporter. Host, get me out of here. Yeah, no, totally. I'll, like, try to remember. All right, uh, Mr. Man in a Fort, you may call the next witness. Thank you, Judge. We call Mrs. McFlergsting, the mother of Mr. No, Paul, you don't know what you're doing. Host, I think I can handle my own. <laughs> oh, my God! Oh my god. Did, did that bird just murder Paul Mann in a fort? No, Judge. Mrs. McFlergstang just made good on her promises. Well, I, I don't know what that means, but, uh, Counsel, do you have another prosecutor? Yes, Judge. I I'm co-counsel for Man in a Fort. I, I think that's what it's called, but yes, I do law. Okay, uh, please state your name for the record. My name is Paul Manafort. Oh, oh. Well... No need to acknowledge that. <laughs> Let us continue on with the witness. Thank you, Judge. Yes, we'd like to call host. Host of the number one podcast, as well as the worms inside his brain. What, what are you talking about? We all know you have brain worms, host. I don't have brain worms. You're the one with brain worms. Yeah! Now, host, s settle down. But Judge, I, I don't have brain worms. Yeah, that's impossible. Yeah, totally kill the judge. What? Yeah, kill the lawyer, too. No, guys, I, I can beat this with my mouth. But that judge doesn't even have a gun. A gun? Yeah, to put your mouth on. No, no, I, I meant with words. I, I can beat this with words. Oh, well, that's different. Host, who the hell are you talking to? Nobody, Judge. I'm, I'm just... I'm thinking out loud. That judge is practically begging for it. Yeah, do it, host. Do it. Guys, I I've got this. Talking to your worms? No. I'll kill you. Host, uh, this is a court of law. You need to have a reason to kill. Or at the very least, a significant amount of money. You could kill the lawyer and his family. Yeah, why not? And 
take his money, kill the judge, and then... We're waiting. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. Costa, just take the stand. Okay, I will. But there's no worms coming up there with me. Aww. If that's what you say... Wormhead. Please state your name for the record. The name's Host, host of the number one podcast. Leave a five-star written review. Okay, Paul, uh, you may begin. Thank you, Judge. So, Host, as I understand it, you're a number one host. Yeah, host of the number one podcast. And I also understand that you knew Durgan for a long time. Long, long time, yeah. That, that doesn't mean I have brain worms. <laughs> Verbal scoff. Okay, host, I'm not trying to grill your worm-riddled brain too hard. Paul, uh, avoid the commentary. If host had brain worms, he would have been criminalized long ago. Uh, okay, Judge, I, I apologize. Let me ask a different question. Host... You seem to talk a lot about cultural issues from a position of authority, right? Well, yeah, that's my job as a podcaster, to have others base their beliefs on whatever mindless things I have to say. One might say that you tell it like it is. Yeah, I think most people would. You talk about political issues, labor issues, racial issues, environmental issues, a few other issues that aren't worth my time. <laughs> Not that any of the ones I listed are. But why don't you ever talk about woke Hitler. Woke... W w what? Yeah. Woke Hitler. Uh... Am I wrong to suggest that if you had stayed in the One Percenters Club, this story that you're telling, a story to be told, would have included a little humble character named Woke Hitler, because you knew you wouldn't get in trouble or be confronted about your questionable actions if you had the money to ignore responsibility. Am I wrong? Um, uh, I, I guess I, uh... Sorry, I, I'm getting a call. I have to take this. Host, what, what the fuck? Wait, I, I'm trying my best. How did they find out about Woke Hitler? We were saving that character for season two. I know, I know, I, I don't know. Listen, it was different when you had money, but now that your class has been lowered and we can be held accountable for our actions, we're playing by a whole different set of rules, host. If people even think we're writing a character called Woke Hitler into season one, we'll never get the money to buy a farm in Idaho and start Waco 2.0. I'm sorry. We need to get them locked into season one. You know, make them loyal. Make them toxic. So they'll eat up anything we feed them. And then once season two is ready, nothing will be off limits. We'll be fine. People will understand the need for a compassionate and super chill and nothing to worry about character like woke Hitler, who went to hell and learned about why what he did was wrong and then becomes the healthiest character in the series, constantly preaching a need for healthy communication. And besides, it's it's like blackface. If you do it in a comedic way, it's totally chill and nothing to worry about. But we have to establish ourselves first, host. I know, but what do you want me to do? I I'm not the one asking questions. I'm only answering. Lie, host. Lie like your life depends on it. Because it technically does. And if you fuck this up, fuck you. Okay, okay, I I've got it. Just stop yelling at me. Oh, I'm sorry, host. I I'm just real stressed about this whole woke Hitler problem. <laughs> but I really should take a page out of Woke H's book. His later books, his current ones, about communication, not the other stuff. I wasn't communicating in a healthy way. And the way to have a healthy relationship is to communicate effectively and with unconditional love. I, I mean, Woke H taught me that. He taught us all that. You're right. A and you know what? Host... You're gonna get through this. Actually, yeah, you're gonna get through this fine. Just hold on. I'm about to send the heat. 
heat that's as hot as boiling water under us. Yeah, yeah, I know. Good. Don't worry, host. If your privilege doesn't get you out of this one, mine certainly will. Thanks, Mr. Producer. Hey, how's New York anyway? I asked for a splash of cream, not the whole bottle! Mr. Producer? S sorry I've gotta go, host. I I've got this new seven-year-old wagey that's causing a ruckus. <laughs> you know the rich man's burden. Oh, yeah. Of course I do. <laughs> okay, I I'll talk to you later. I love you, host. I love you too, Mr. Producer. <sighs> I'm sorry, what was the question? Uh, I was asking you about woke Hitler. Yeah, I, I have no idea who you're talking about, and that sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> I mean, not everybody's redeemable, especially not Europeans. Uh oh Okay, then. Uh, well, that's all the questions I have. Uh, all right, host. You might step down. Thanks, Judge. And now it is time for closing arguments, because I think this is exactly how trials happen. <laughs> host, you might start first. Thank you, Judge. I guess, uh, I, I guess I'd just like to say... Whoa, whoa, whoa! Order in the court! Order in the court! Boy, Judge, sorry I'm late. I'm House Real Lawyer, Mr. Lockheed Martin. Lockheed? Mr. Lockheed Martin. This is highly unorthodox, but I'll allow it because you're obviously Australian and thus, the rules of the old testy do not apply to thou. Thank you for recognizing my authority, Judge. Your uh, authority? Auth or a day. Uh, uh, oh, uh, authority. Yes, yes, uh, of course. Lockheed, I knew you'd save me. I mean, I know how strong and loyal and firm your gun is. That you do, host. And I know how strong and loyal and hard and wet yours can get. Anyway, how are we doing with the case? Oh, Lockheed, I'm getting totally railed. Like boiling water under a dinga in heat. Yeah, exactly. It's closing arguments, and I have nothing. Well, host, in order to have nothing... You got to have. And having means something. Yeah, uh, well, I guess that makes sense. Don't worry, host. I'll get you out of this one. I'll get us all out of here and backstrap to train tracks. I hope, Lockheed. But honestly, I don't know what more anyone could do. I mean, they asked about woke Hitler. Oh, it's not good. It was for season two. I know. It's way too early to spring that on people. No, it's not, host. You gotta have some faith. Because some people... They're dumber than they look, and often, very willing to turn a blind eye to racism that doesn't affect them personally, or a lot of the time, benefits them. Besides, I'd argue that Woke Hitler's one of the lesser problematic things within your investigations, <laughs> or even this episode. You know, I guess you're right. Mr. Lockheed Martin? Yes, Judge. I'm ready. Alright, you may begin your closing arguments. Judge? Jury? One might even say, a little executionary. We've all sat here today, except for me, I, I just arrived. Y you sat here today to hear the state's case against host, host of the number one podcast. One might even say, the best cast. The state has argued that my client's guilty of using political ideologies interchangeably, <laughs> not understanding when a simple joke he made in a van on tour that one time goes too far even though it went too far to begin with, tax evasion, and murder. The murder of Durgan McFlagstein. My god, his accent is... it makes his argument so convincing. And while we all love Durgan McFlagstein, it's important to acknowledge that Host, host of the number one podcast, really loved him. I mean, just look at him. <laughs> Would somebody who murdered somebody else be able to cry like that? I don't think so. I don't think much at all in general. 
Mr. Manafort over here wants you to believe that House use political ideologies interchangeably, but I would argue that's socialism. No, no, not like that. And maybe it's true that House made a bad joke one time that turned into a three-year journey down into the bloody stomach of our society. But let me ask you, was it a bad joke? Maybe it was the best joke. And given that, I motion to strike a motion strike. A bomb strike, let me tell you, if my name's not Lockheed Martin on a school bus full of children. Now given that, and given the looming threat that is the anarchist, authoritarian, socialist, very socialist, communist, stateless state government, I'm gonna pull my gun out. I couldn't believe what was happening before my very eyes. Lockheed was doing some of the best lawyering I had ever seen. He was gonna solve this case for me. Damn it! He's tearing my case apart! Literally! Now, Judge, if that's not proof enough that these charges are malarkous, let me ask host one thing. Just one thing only. I will, uh, let this request go through. Now, host, what do you remember about Dugan McFlug's saying? Tell me. The way he smelled. The way he tasted. The way he looked. Oh, <laughs> well, that's an odd order to ask that in. But, uh, let me think. He, he smelled. He tasted. He... Oh my god. Host, I I'm gonna need you to answer the question in full. Judge, you duvalaki. Is it that hard of a question to answer for yourself? Let me tell you, I'll ask that one to me, and I'll answer it for all of you. Lawyer Mr. Lockheed Martin, this courtroom ain't no boiling water under a dog in heat. What are you saying? Judge, look directly in front of you. Just then, I saw it. The bright yellow corduroy jeans. The tan wife beater, the black 8-inch platform boots. I am Dugan McFlugstein. Fuck yeah! I knew he could handle this clear. Dugan! 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 I couldn't believe what was happening before my very eyes. Dugan McFlugstein, the flesh. The flesh was in the flesh in front of my very eyes. Oh, host, you're so dumb. <laughs> so very dumb. Also not the best of writers. Durgan, how did this all happen? How are you alive? Lockheed told me you died. He, he said that your clear was laced by... by dark. <laughs> well, host, it's a little thing in the industry we like to call holograms. Wow. Just like last time, it was all a hologram. Yep. Exactly like last time, let me tell you. But, Durgan, uh, what does this mean about Lockheed? I is he... is he... dead? Host, you seem to have a problem understanding facts and logic, let me tell you. I didn't understand what was going on here. How could I? How could Durgan McFlurgsang be Lockheed when they were two separate entities before they were one? Listen, House, we'll handle that one later. Right now, we need to gear up. Gear up for what? You haven't heard? Oh my. As I walked down the halls of the courthouse, having been cleared of all charges, especially that tax evasion one because that's not even a real thing for people like me, I felt comfort knowing that whatever was ahead, I'd have Durgan there by my side, and all of his money. But just as I had finished recording my thoughts, the courthouse doors swung open, and it was then that I saw the urgency that surrounded Viscous. A black cloud loomed over the town's territory. Rain began to fall. There were children everywhere, cleaning automatic machine guns, 
prepping improvised explosive devices and drinking their nerves away with kid liquor. James Blake sat in the corner, ready to fuck. A fortified barrier had been implemented around the town, and the trenches, well, there were trenches everywhere. A siren sounded off in the distance over the scrumptious sounds of boots marching to the Australian anthem, Down Under, by Men at Work. Durgan, what's happening? It's Australia, House. It's all come down to this, the final battle, the season finale. Well, I guess it looks like I made it out of one kangaroo court just to find myself in another. That you did, House. That you did. Hooters Juniors, the Durgan McClurgsang story, is a sad picture production. If you would like to support us or gain access to exclusive content, visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash Hooters Juniors. That's patreon.com slash Hooters J-R-S. To get in contact, send an email to fuckyousuemi at HootersJuniors.com. Hooters Juniors is created, written, and edited by hosts, co-written by Cameron's tax guy, Produced by Cameron's Tax Guy and Trent C. Rollins. Executive producer Trapper D. McBlackfoot. Voiced by host and a bunch of unnamed expendable wages. Fuck em. To learn more, visit HootersJuniors.com. Real truth is a crime.